everyone, and welcome to Sharing Everything. We are your hosts. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Joe. And we're married, and we like making each other watch movies we like. Yes. Jo- uh, Joe? That's me. I still hear the music. Well, that's because it's still gone. Okay. Uh, but now it's gone. All right. No, it's not. Well, it's <laughs> muted, so nobody else hears it. It's just you and me. Okay. It's just us. Just us. Just you and me. No one else. All right. I mean, literally... Let's be real here. All right. Uh, so, Joe, what movie did we watch this week? Instructions not included. Instructions not included. Does that also have a- another name? Yep. Are you putting me on the spot? <laughs> no, the other... There it is. There it is. Uh, it's No Se Satan de Evoluciones. And why does it have that name? Because it's Mexican. Um... <laughs> it's a Spanish language movie from Mexico. From Mexico. Mexican is not a dirty word. <laughs> I didn't say it was. It just uh it was I did not expect you to say it was Mexican like we were talking about. I'm not going to call it Argentinian. <laughs> I'm not going to call it Chilean. It's Mexican. Yes, it is. That's okay. I know it's okay. <laughs> Calm down, sir. You're the one who was who was taken aback. I was expecting you to say because it's Spanish. Well, it's not Spanish. It's a Spanish language movie. I know, but it's not from Spain, so it's not Spanish. Same reason I wouldn't call it Polish. I was asking about the title, which is Spanish, not Mexican. Yeah, but I was talking about the movie. Okay, anyway, we're going to move on. Okay. I'm sure no one will be able to tell that we had our first wedding anniversary, and that's why we're being so sweet to each other. Yep. <laughs> Um, so would you like to give us a brief summary of this movie? Yeah. I got the NMGB open. I'm not cheating. <laughs> Look, I'm putting it away. I have so, it open too. It's okay. Well, yeah, you're, you're kind of leading the, the charge here though. Mm-hmm. A man who is something of a playboy in El Capoco, mm-hmm. which is not how they say it, but. No, I think they say like Acapulco. Look, I don't, I don't speak Spanish, so you're, you, I'm going to right out the gate say that everything, all the names, all the actors, all the places and people and things, I'm gonna pronounce them wrong. That's all right. And I'm sorry. It's okay. Okay, so a man what lives in El Capoco, he's a bit of a playboy, uh, meaning he sleeps with lots of women because it's a tourist town. So you have lots of girls. Very diverse girls, I might add. It was a very diverse cast of banging, but <laughs> because it's such a destination location, yeah. uh, he had sex with black girls and white girls and brown girls and maybe even Asian girls. No men, though, so we can assume that he's sexist against men. Or he's not attracted to men. That's not the same thing. Um... But anyway, so he does he he does a lot of banging, mm-hmm. and at some point that's going to catch up with him, seeing as how uh, statistics and and semen work, semtistics. <laughs> Trademark Joe Not my best work, but <laughs> but we'll go with it. Anyway, at some point uh, after a fun night of having a threesome, which we don't see for some reason, uh, another lady because there were two women in bed with. Him, I know. So I assume it was a threesome. Yeah. 
I was... Never mind. Continue. All right. Uh, there's a knock at the door. Hello, who's there? He says, hola, como esta? And uh, who's there but a lady and a smaller lady. In fact, a baby lady. (laughs) (laughs) So you keep the marriage alive, people. She's still going. Anyway, I'm a, I'm a ignore her. And um There we go. I muted my mic instead of her mic. Okay. You muted me. Put me back. Okay, you're back. Okay, so a woman knocks on the door. She has a baby and she says, "This is yours." And he says, "Huh. Are you sure?" And she says, yes, I'm sure. He says, "Ah, are you sure? And she says, yes, please hold this baby while I go pay for the cab. Then she she goes to pay for the cab and doesn't come back. Womp womp. At which point he says, well, crap, I have a baby now. So he decides he's going to find this woman and bring the baby back. Maybe she just forgot the baby. (laughs) She went to pay the cab and whoops. Oh, yeah, that's right. I had a baby. I mean, people lock their babies in cars. You know, people forget their kids, which is weird. It doesn't seem like that's a thing that would be easy to do, seeing as how... Kids are so loud. I know, they're so loud. And, like, it came out of you. Like, I would never forget about that. If if a person came out of my body, it's not something I would forget about. (laughs) kind of connected to would I would be checking for that person at all times. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. Maybe I make a better woman than she does. Anyway, so he says, well, I'm going to go find this woman. And he divines based on a picture and his... Uh, drunk friends that she lives in California so he goes to California to find her and he heard the airport when she called when he called her oh and yeah when he, to Los he, he called her at some point and she was at the airport mm-hmm. how did he get her she number? called him on a payphone oh and then he called the payphone back no oh oh so she took the ca- taxi to the airport and then called him yeah okay yeah that's what happened yes it is all right. So anyway, those things happen, and he says, "Well, I'm going to go to California. I'm going to find this hoe, and I'm going to bring her back her baby because I don't want it." Um. And while there, he goes to the hotel that is in the photograph he has of her, mm-hmm. and he is looking for her, but he has to hide the baby because the baby doesn't belong in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um. At which point, he climbs up to the tenth floor because of the presidential suite up there. Um, thinking that she would be up there. Mm-hmm. She's not. No. And he looks down out the window and sees the baby fall into the pool. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, darn it. And he jumps into the pool from the 10th story. At this point, it's important to note that the movie opens with a montage of of our main character as a child and his father and his father putting him through a bunch of traumatic scary things to try to build up his courage so instead of having his courage built up he's just traumatized by the fact that his father threw him off of cliffs and moving cars his entire life Mm -hmm. which is why it's funny that the person who was staying in the room that he jumped out of was a movie 
guy. I assume he was a producer. I think so. A producer or a director. I don't know. He didn't ever seem like the director because there was always a different person calling the shots. So he must have been the producer yeah. or, or some sort of talent agent or something. Anyway, he sees this act of bravery and says, well, you know what? You're going to be a stuntman. And he says, well, at least I'll be able to stay in America with a job. Mm-hmm. And then he does. Then there's a montage of the next seven years. As the baby's growing up, as he never finds the mother. Julie. Julie. Or Yuli. Mm-hmm. As, as he calls her. And after we're done fast-forwarding seven years, we then establish life now. Life now is he's a fairly successful stuntman. And he has made life for his daughter... Maggie. Maggie. (laughs) As comfortable as possible. Their apartment is kind of a loft and it's essentially just a... A toy store. It's a a toy store. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she doesn't go to school a lot because he has to have her with him to do the stunt stuff. Mm -hmm. So whenever he has a job, he takes her out of school. So she's not doing well in school. And also he tells her these fantastical wild tales about... <clears throat> mother sitting on platypus eggs and mm-hmm. traveling around the world and meeting all these people and going to the moon and saving the moon men and all of these things. So her teachers are concerned. Mm-hmm. So who should arrive? But Yuli! <laughs> She's back! And she wants a piece of the child. Uh, she wants to be involved with this child's life. She has matured! She works for like a law firm now. Mm-hmm. And thinks that she can come and and say, all right, Maggie, I'm back. You're my kid now. Please mm-hmm. treat me like a mother. Mm-hmm. And Maggie is initially very happy about this. And the visit goes well. And then Maggie, or, or Yuli leaves back to New York, where she's now living. Wherein she then sues for custody of the child. A custody battle ensues, and uh, our, our hero, whose name I don't think I've said yet, it's... Uh, uh, why can't I think of it? I don't know. Hold you on. made me put the IMDb. Hold on. I got it. Uh, Valentine. Valentine. That's right. Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Valentine Bravo wins custody of Maggie, seeing as how, you know, he had been raising her and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, Yuli's new girlfriend. Ooh, what a twist. Or not Maggie, Yuli. Did I say Maggie? Yuli? Maggie? Yuli? Anyway, the mother's girlfriend says, I bet he's not even the father. Mm -hmm. Kind of a slut, (laughs) Yuli. She didn't say that. But she said, I bet he's not even the father. So they have a paternity test. At which point they figure out, he's not the father. Yep. He's just been raising somebody else's kid. Out of the goodness of his heart. And and also because he couldn't find Yuli and give the baby back. Yeah, but he, ne- he never... Continue. Finish your summary. So he says, uh, screw it. We're going to Mexico. So they go to Mexico. And um, all the while, producer man is saying, you'll be able to keep her if you just tell them the truth. Because we see earlier in the film, there's a scene at a doctor's office where 
the doctor tells Valentine that the tests or the treatment has not been working and there's not much time left. We assume, as the audience, I think we all assume, that he's going to die soon. And so the reason why he needs to tell the truth is he needs to tell Julie that he's going to die soon. So please, like, I don't got that much time left. Just, when I die, you can have the kid because mm-hmm. it won't it won't bother me at all. Turns out we only find out once they're in Mexico that is Maggie who's sick and she's the one who's going to die soon. Mm-hmm. Then she dies and then the movie ends. Yep. Well, Julie also goes down to Mexico having been told the truth by the producer men and they kind of just hang out for the rest of Maggie's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically it. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just in general, did you enjoy this movie? I thought it was profoundly charming. It was so charming. That's like the first word that came, that comes to mind when I think of what this movie is. Yes, charming is what it is. Apparently, the, the man who plays Valentine is a really famous mm-hmm. Mexican comedian. So I imagine this movie is fairly popular. Yeah, it, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, in Mexico, mm-hmm. and I, I imagine Central America, and the fact that we were able to rent it, we were able to rent a physical copy at our local family video mm-hmm. with no trouble at all, kind of speaks to the international appeal of this movie, which is interesting because normally foreign films that make it to America are not fun movies. Yeah, almost. Almost as a rule, if it wasn't made in America or Britain or Canada and it makes its way to America, it's not fun no. unless it's a kung fu movie. Yeah, my next question was going to be, what is your experience with uh, foreign films? My experience with foreign films is not that plentiful. I have seen probably... I would say of of movies made in English-speaking countries, I've seen the most of those. And then of movies of different languages, probably like Japanese, Korean, German, then Russian, and then like a smattering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen lots of Japanese and Korean movies because action movies and kung fu movies. And then, I don't know, G- Germany and Russia, they, they got, they have aesthetics that I like. And World War II movies from Germany as well. There's plenty of those. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the few foreign comedy films I think I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Aside from your lock, stock, and two smoking barrels and things like that. But of, of movies that I need to, to read subtitles for. This is, this is by far the most fun and... Surface level enjoyable and <laughs> brightly colored and joyous and cute movie I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Um, so do you think that part of the movie's charm came from the fact that it was a Spanish language film? Or do you think that you would have enjoyed it and found it just as charming if it had been in just an average Hollywood movie? Or maybe not even did you enjoy it, but just like, do you think it would have been a different movie? The third option. I don't think 
there are plenty of movies where a man gets stuck with a baby that were made in America that are not this fun. And I think the fact that I had to read subtitles had nothing to do with it. So I think it was just the fact that whatever cultural whatever there was behind this movie is what made it enjoyable. Because you take a a film like Big Daddy, Mm -hmm. right? Adam Sandler, big time comedian man, gets a kid. And the entire movie of Big Daddy is the part that they montage through at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the first seven years of Maggie's life. Which is the part I don't care about. Yeah. You know, like, we got potty training, learning to read, I don't know, a bike, probably. That stuff. Just doop, 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 doop. Until, like, an actual story happened, an actual conflict happened. And it's more believable to me that after seven years, he he would grow to love this child, and the child would grow to love him, than I don't know. This past week with the kid has been has changed my life. Like yeah. seven years to mature for a man who presumably has spent his entire life just banging foreign chicks mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Yeah. So I think that was the most important part because at that point it was then believable, and we didn't have to waste any dialogue on. Oh my god, I'm a wacky guy and yeah. I have a baby and what do I do with the baby? I don't understand anything about baby. Like we didn't we skipped past the learning curve and the learning curve is annoying. I think I've talked on this show and most certainly off the show with you about how much I I dislike fish out of water films. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what that is. It's, it's a fish out of water because you give a man who's he doesn't There's a British movie too. With a, a small boy. About a boy. About a boy. Which is kind of the same thing. It, it gets sad at the end. But it's not his kid in that movie. Like, well, like it, we knew the whole time and he knew. It was just some yeah. random kid. The closest thing that I can remember seeing that's an American movie that's like this is probably St. Vincent. Mm-hmm. Or something like that where, it's again, it's not his kid and there's no pretense that it's his kid. He's just an old, drunk, grumpy man who's sad. Mm-hmm. And the kid comes in and he's grumpy with the kid but then grows to love it. And I really like those movies. I really like St. Vincent. I really like any any Bill and Murray movie where Bill and Murray is sad. Which seem to be most of them lately. So, yeah, I don't think that this movie exists made by Hollywood. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think, well, so I first encountered this movie when I was in my uh, Spanish 3, maybe? Probably. You said you watched it without subtitles, so it had to be a later Spanish Yeah, Spanish 3, I think, in college. It was my last semester of senior year of college, and I was in Spanish 3. And one of our projects was we had to do a movie report like a book report but on a movie a spanish language movie and we could not use subtitles and we had to write a paper about what we thought the movie was about if we understood it and all that um so i watched this movie without subtitles and that's the only other time i've seen it is without subtitles and then i watched it with you and I have let my Spanish skills completely go. I don't know um, if it's completely went, but that's. Okay. I mean, I, I understand more than I can speak, which I think is probably the case for a lot of people with foreign languages. So, however, 
I was extremely shocked when we watched this movie together that like I was spot on when I watched <laughs> the movie the first time. And it's kind of like it has like aspects of like physical comedy and yeah, things like I that. Mean, he's, he's he's a scaredy cat who's a stuntman. Yeah, so like so I feel like there are some like nuanced things that I could have lost just watching it and not reading what they were saying. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that speaks to just the emotion of this movie that I was able to completely follow the story without understanding exactly everything they were saying. And I think that that goes along with us saying how charming this movie was, that just watching every single scene, you just feel something. Mm-hmm. And every scene had a specific thing you are supposed to feel. And it like it never felt like overwrought or like cheesy to me like it was just lovely (laughs) i don't know yeah it was there there were some things visually that to me seemed cheesy and i need to watch more mexican movies more mexican cinema Mm -hmm. to understand because my experience with mexican films and tv is this and the two seasons of jane the virgin i watched which is just heavily influenced by telenovelas yeah not even necessarily mexican cinema yeah right because some of the lighting choices seemed interesting to me they reminded me of amelie which is a french film Mm. where there was just lots of yellow light and blue lights just kind of dappling everywhere Mm mm-hmm that wasn't necessarily diegetic, but just made the scene feel more playful and youthful. Mm-hmm. Which is something that I enjoy as, as a pretentious art asshole. <laughs> that that they would do something like that. It was interesting to me too, and maybe the reason why it was internationally such a big success, that there was a lot of English spoken in this film. Because, yeah. I mean, most of it takes place in America. Mm-hmm. He just, Valentin refuses to learn English, mm-hmm. which seems odd. But maybe it's still, he is still planning on finding Julie and giving Maggie back, or no. he never intended to live in America. Yeah, he never intended to live there, and I know he gave some sort of reason as to why he didn't want to uh learn english and i think how he justified it was everyone he needed to interact with understood spanish so he just kind of said eh. um and then after the custody hearing um one of the things they said you can keep maggie but you need to start learning how to speak english and then we saw him putting in the effort and trying to learn english yeah the the fun scene where he's trying to learn the word nose via yeah. flashcard and he keeps saying no say <laughs> which, which means which I don't apparently know. means I don't know Spanish, yeah. which is cute. Yeah, that was a that was a really good scene. It, it was kind of Abbott and Costello because she knew she was holding up the nose, <laughs> and he said no say. She should have been able to put that together. Yeah, I think she was just kind of messing with him. Um, anyway, so sort of what you said about the the lighting, um, how it was kind of like childlike or full of like brightness and wonder or whatever mm-hmm. um how do you feel about um uh valentine's i guess i don't want to say character development but just like 
how he lived his life at the beginning compared to how he lived his life in the middle of the movie, do you think he himself is like a child, is or was like a childish or childlike person all along and he would have been without Maggie? Or do you think having Maggie in his life sort of made him cling to his childhood and enjoying childlike things? That's an interesting question. Because if you think about it, he's being very childish at the beginning. Mm -hmm. There's a point where he even says that now that he has a baby, he's going to have to find a job. Which is weird to me that he he somehow is living in a really nice house and doesn't have a job. And do we know exactly why, how he's able to sustain himself? I guess it's just sort of a thing. Yeah, I don't think it's a plot point or anything. There's some hand-waving there. Yeah. Anyway. All right. But he's he's banging two or three chicks every day. He's just hanging out at the the bar cafe with his buddy, and essentially just doing that. Right? There doesn't seem to be all that much else going on. And throughout the meat of the movie, the America section, he's essentially living in a toy shop and. At no point ever dismisses anything Mickey wants to do or says as childish and no, I don't want to do that. Some of the pictures on IMDb have him riding around in a tiny car in their <laughs> house and stuff. So I think the essence of Valentine is youthful and childlike and the way that he expresses that is related to the obstructions that he has in his life. Mm. Yeah? Where I have a kid, I need to take care of a kid, but I also am going to continue being myself. Mm-hmm. So instead of, of having lots of women that he sleeps around with, he just has one woman whose pipes he checks out <laughs> every once in a while in a different apartment, and then he just plays around, and he writes all these fantastical letters and takes he finds pictures of celebrities and photoshops the mother in mm-hmm. so i'm not sure if i got fully the answer of your question but yeah i was yeah i basically i agree with what you were saying i think that he he definitely was a childish person at the beginning and he did have obvious character development and growth as a person um, once he started living in America with Maggie, mm-hmm. um, and he continued to be childish in that he, like, bought Maggie all the toys she wanted, he played with her all the time. Let her out of school. Yeah. Had to have her around to do his job. And he took a job that, I mean, it's a serious job, but he didn't seem to take it seriously. He uh, said yeah. that he did it as, just as a way to make money. Yeah. Because the producer whoever was willing to pay him under the table because he didn't have a green card or passport which was why he didn't just take maggie back to mexico in the beginning because she's a white baby he's a mexican guy neither of them had passports so Mm -hmm. that would have ended badly um so yes i think he with the resources that he had i think he was able to continue to be childish in a big way but like still be a responsible adult at the same time so i think that that is an interesting sort of so that's another thing that that wouldn't have happened in an american movie 
in, instead of living in a toy shop, they might have lived in in what is essentially a toy shop, but he would have worked in an office and had to put on a suit and be very miserable mm-hmm. at his office job and and that would be a conflict somewhere, right? That he's still clinging to his old self. But not in this movie. In this yeah. movie, he just, once he accepted that he was going to be a father, which is, again, is something that we montage past, he completely throws himself into it. Mm-hmm. I think part of it also has to do with the fact that he knows that she's not going to be alive much longer. Yeah. So that... I think we get a little bit of a timeline when he starts to tell Julie that, like, a couple years ago Mm -hmm. we were out of town and something happened. Mm -hmm. So that could have also had something to do with it. That just, like, if if my kid is going to have no symptoms and eventually just drop dead probably before she's 10, she's going to live. She's going to have everything that she wants, Mm -hmm. literally. We're not going to worry about school too much. And she's just going to have fun and enjoy every single day like it's a playground and a party because yeah, that's what she's going to get. Yeah. Especially since she didn't seem to know that she yeah, was. she did not know. She thought that when she went to her dad's doctor's appointments, she was there because he needed her because he was afraid to get his shots, mm-hmm. which weren't really shots. And it was kind of because I don't think you even caught it until I told you after the movie ended that the doctor gave maggie pills Mm -hmm. and said don't forget to take your vitamins maggie i almost said something like that's weird that vitamins are in a prescription bottle yeah i just that's another thing i think that the twist in this movie was really well done Mm -hmm. and something again wouldn't have been the case in american movie the kid would have had cancer yeah and we would have known (laughs) Mm -hmm. we would have we would have known the entire time the mother might not have known, and so she would have been painted as this evil cunt <laughs> who just wants to rip this sickly child away from the man who raised her. Yeah. Right? It, it would have been... It, it would have been real depressing. Like, or, or if not depressing, like, if it was still a comedy movie on top of that, like, it would have really dipped in yeah. to the comedy. It would have... This this was a little bit smoother in the up and down. And at the end, it wasn't... It was sad, and I think you cried, but... Oh, I totally cried. <laughs> but it wasn't heart-wrenching. No. You know, it was, oh, it's her who's sick. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, she's dead. Oh. And then the movie's done. Yeah. Um. And he has a nice monologue that sort of mirrors the monologue at the beginning talking about bravery and how you taught me so much and I'm never going to forget and I'm going to see your face in all the places and Mm -hmm. so on. Yeah. I think... I don't know. Like, I can't think of the right way to express what I'm trying to say, but I feel like this movie did emotion very delicately. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't kind of like what you said. Like, if it had been an American movie, it would have been all depressing Mm -hmm. or it would have been all okay she has cancer but we're still gonna be a comedy movie you know Mm -hmm. and this movie like you said it was a lot smoother and i think that's why i cried at the end because i got a full range of emotion from this movie um and so at the end i was just kind of like even though i had already seen the movie i was still completely moved to tears the the second time Mm -hmm. like just again and it it uh 
it surprises you more. Mm-hmm. You know, because because it is such a twist. Yeah. It's such a crazy twist. And if it was an American movie and it's like, we know she has cancer, even if she doesn't know, the whole time you're just kind of waiting for her to die. Yeah. Where in this movie, I was kind of waiting for him to die. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even see nobody die. And it's just like, oh, at some point he tells her and she's like, well, we're going to have fun in Mexico. Yeah. I think they pulled off the you don't know that Maggie's going to die very well because around the time we find out that somebody is sick in this movie, we just don't know who, mm-hmm. he starts, Valentine starts getting more and more worn down by um, the fact that Julie's there. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I have to tell her. I don't want to tell her. And then he like starts moaning and groaning at work to the producer and so you start to think maybe it's just him coming to terms with his own mortality and he's just kind of like winding down and being upset about it yeah but it you know turns out nope nope not him um so let's see do you have anything you would like to discuss hmm that was very formal of me what's your experience with foreign films on your own um more when i do watch foreign films i stick to probably spanish because Mm. it's the language i'm most familiar with i can't honestly say that i have a very vast experience with any type of foreign movies though and when i do watch them it's because somebody else wanted to watch it like, I don't think I ever really seek out foreign films on my own. Okay. Um, And that's probably because when I watch a movie, I just want to be lazy and watch a movie. Like, yeah. I don't want to have to read subtitles. I mean, it's the reason why I don't watch a ton of foreign films or anime or yeah. anything like that either. It's, I don't um, want to deal with the, the dubbing and... Yeah, you know. I'd say, like, like I watched... Um, we watched that french horror movie recently oh raw yeah cannibal movie yeah um yeah so i probably have only seen a handful um we saw ida in in oh that's true what what language that was was polish polish um yeah so it's not that I know there are tons and tons of foreign movies out there that i would enjoy Mm -hmm. it's just either they're hard to just stumble across like on any of our streaming things or i just yeah sometimes you don't know yeah you just don't know what it is based on you know the picture yeah based on the description and you get into it and it's, oh my god this whole thing is gonna be in yeah swahili oh i didn't know <laughs> yeah that's a good point also i feel like we've we've kind of established at this point that you're not exactly the most art house film watcher no. So, so a lot of the foreign films or directors that you would have otherwise come into contact with don't always make movies that are for you. Yeah. Yeah. In the first place, whether or not they're subtitles. Oh, oh. I just wanted to know if you had like a secret life of like, oh yeah, like I know everything about Mexican cinema, Joe. <laughs> no. You just, just never came up. Nope. Okay. I just remembered that i have also recently watched a swedish movie oh yeah <laughs> you saw a man called ove 
which will probably, spoiler alert, be my next movie. <laughs> and called Uwe. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of Swedish and Danish films, too, now that I think about oh, it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I saw a movie called Adam's Apples, which was Danish. And uh, learned a lot of things about how the Danes feel about Pakistani people. <laughs> uh, spoiler, negative. Oh, no. <laughs> turns out they don't. Turns out Western Western countries don't like people from other countries coming into their countries to live. I thought that was just an American thing. No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, there are plenty of people, which is also why we'll get. Uh, let's get into some politics. This is why you also see far right movements happening in places like Germany, and and Poland, and. A lot of the countries where Syrian refugees have been coming. Mm. Because there's a lot of that feeling of, like, there's a lot more of these people who aren't like us in our country, and we like our culture, and they're bringing their own culture, and we don't want not our culture to be the culture that we have to pay attention to. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, appar <laughs> apparently, in, uh, apparently the Danes have lots of Pakistani people. There was a movie, or no, it was a TV show. Was it a TV show? It was a TV show. Apparently also Polish people are like, are to Western Europe as Mexicans are to America. Really? Where there's a lot of illegal immigration and there's the sort of stereotype where they'll work for really cheap and they work really hard, but they don't have papers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a scene in the show Lily Hammer. No, it wasn't Lily Hammer. It was the movie Troll Hunter. That's what it was. I've Those seen are two very different I've things. Se I've seen a lot of movies and a lot of TV. I've seen too many things. I've seen some things. <laughs> anyway, where they break into like a butcher truck and there's a bunch of people in there and the man running the thing goes, all my poles are legal. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny. <laughs> so apparently that's the thing. Um, you got more? Um, sure. Um, so this is kind of a morbid question. Uh, yes, I like movies what have death in them. No. Okay. Especially considering the fact that you and I are going to have children together someday, I assume. What? <laughs> we should have um, discussed this a year ago. <laughs> um... If you had a child in Maggie's situation, would you tell her? Or nope, no, nope. That kid would go to if, if it was a thing like Maggie, where it was symptomless, mm -hmm. and just at some point she's gonna fall asleep and never wake up. Nope, that kid's not gonna know a goddamn thing. And I would probably do a lot like Valentine did, where it's you're gonna live in a fantasy fairy tale land, and it's going to be great. Yeah. And, and and that's it. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, another thing I would like to hear your opinion on is, do you view Julie as being a sympathetic character at all? I want to be sympathetic to her, but the, the right... Or the out-of-left-field way that she sues for custody after she's like, Oh, yeah, 
house, have the kid come up to my place every couple weekends or something. Mm -hmm. Really made it hard to care. And then the fact that Valentine wasn't even actually the father made it really hard to care about Julie. I guess near the end, I felt sad for her because she essentially missed out on her child's entire life because of her selfishness. Mm -hmm. So I guess I kind of feel bad in a morality tale sort of way. But there's also that vindication of, well, you had it coming. Yeah. My whole thing with Julie is that she was all or nothing the entire time we saw her because she got pregnant. She dropped the kid off at Valentine's house without even knowing that it was. Yeah, she just assumed. Yeah, that it was his kid, which I'm just going to say she was a blonde, blue eyed. Yeah. Well, she wasn't blue eyed. Dark, dark eyes, blonde hair. But like. She was a white person. Yeah. Um, and then... Not to say that white people aren't born in Mexico. Yeah. It's just Mexican people tend to be darker. Um, so, and then she's just gone forever, leaving Valentine to raise this child. She's not supporting him financially. Yeah, and also just really irresponsible, like, knowing who valentine is like of the men that she slept with at that time nine months ago he's he's the one that is the most responsible that you're gonna drop the kid off i with? mean you maybe you could say that she saw something in him that he was a kind-hearted person or something because deep down i think valentine always was a very caring person he just got caught up in the fact that he could have whatever woman he wanted that he didn't ever really show affection to one at a time <laughs> i don't know um, i'm like, not saying i I, guess. I would argue that but um, yeah i mean Anne frank said that she believed all people were basically good too and well i believe that too well um and then i hated 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 how julie's uh first instinct like you said after meeting maggie is Come hang out with me in New York. We'll do, like, a schedule or something. And then she comes and sues for custody instead of discussing it with him first. Yeah. Like, she didn't even... Which I suppose is in character for her. Yeah, she's very... uh, What's that? Uh, Not instinctual. Impulsive? Impulsive, that's it. She's very impulsive and also kind of entitled, I think. Because what right does she have she's to She's the mother! But she said she could not care for the child and gave her up. Like, I understand legally she's the child's mom. However, she made it very clear by going to pay the cab and never coming back that she didn't want the kid. I agree. But in the American court system, she is the mother. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, the court ruled against the mother, this which is, is true, interesting. This is true, but it, it did... It was... Due to a lot of, like, character. I don't think custody court has that many character witnesses normally. Now, I could be wrong, but, like... I don't know. It was a long trial for... I think it was the fact that, oh, no. You always sue when you're trying to get custody. Yeah, that's just part of the thing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you don't always have to go to court. Yeah. Um... Yeah, what, uh... 
I had another question, but now I forgot it. Do you have a question? Do you have anything you'd Do like I have to... a question? What was the point of having her have a girlfriend? Like, what was the point of having her be a bisexual woman? Um, maybe so that we didn't get the feeling that the ending might be, we're all going to be one big happy family again. We're going to get back together and be parents to you. So is that bi erasure? Like, is it, oh, she's a lesbian now sort of thing? I don't think so. I think it was just she was in a committed relationship with someone. Okay. Because they they never got too deep into it. But I I couldn't tell if it was one of those like, oh, I'm into girls now sort of thing. Or or if it was like legitimately just, oh, this is a bisexual woman. Yeah. I think, I mean, that could be in the beginning we sort of get the feeling that she was rather promiscuous and probably slept with all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably just who she always was. Okay. Um, that's what the feeling I got from it. I don't think there's anything malicious in the making her have a girlfriend thing. Yeah, and I don't know how Mexico deals with their LGBT people. I have no idea. I, I assume that a, a very, very Catholic country probably doesn't have very good standing with that community so i was i hope understandably um well what's the word um suspicious Mm, okay i was i was i think understandably suspicious as to why because it also didn't land too hard as here's a joke no it was kind of a joke because it was surprising which is comedy comedy is surprise Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like oh my god mom's a lesbian like if it were an american movie drew barrymore shows up with whoever christian stewart and adam sandler goes oh my god it's a big baby i also think it could have been to show contrast between the Julie that Valentine had been painting for Maggie as being this superhero kind of mm. and having her be just the complete opposite of what he had told Maggie, his mother, her mother. Was. This is true because he, he also was like, she's going to come back. Yeah. And she loves us. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. No. Oh. Those darn I mean, women will break your heart every time. Except for you. Yeah, I'll never break your heart. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have very few pieces of trivia to share with you. I believe it. Let's see. So this is as of January of 2014, which I think is when it came out in America. The highest grossing Spanish language film released in the United States. Um, however, I guess I don't know how many Spanish language films are actually released in the United States. Seems to be more and more as time goes on, so it might not be a record that it holds for very much longer. It but it seems it seems like when we go to to the movie theater mm-hmm. that there's there's at least like one or two. It's kind of like at the rate of like Christian movies. Yeah. Um, and actually, Valentine Eugenio you. Eugenio Debez, I think is how you say his name, or Eugenio something. He actually was in a movie that just came out. Yeah, How to Be a Latin Lover. One since then, I think. 
Oh, that was in between the two. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And well, it yeah, did IMDb not do open. very well, I believe. Um, well, how to be a Latin lover looked awful. Uh, oh, no, I guess that was the newest one. There was a different one in between. Hmm. However, he's also going to be the voice of Speedy Gonzalez in the Speedy Gonzalez movie. Why are they making a Speedy Gonzalez movie? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Um. Anyway, so back to trivia. <clears throat> oh, shoot. Hold on. Technical difficulties. Huh. What? In 2016, there was a Turkish remake. Yeah, I heard there have been a couple remakes Sen of this. Benim her um, Because No Kid was right for the part, Derbez announced via Twitter that he needed a 100% bilingual kid for a new movie. Loreto Peralta, who plays Maggie, saw the tweet and went to the casting. Even though he was looking for a boy, Derbez left Peralta instantly. Hmm. She is 13 now. Mm-hmm. So she was... Nine in this movie. Hello, I'm reading you trivia. You're not supposed to be investigating on your own. <clears throat> um, so that I guess that would be interesting. Do you think it would change the movie at all if it had been a boy instead of a girl? Maybe a little bit. I'm glad it was a girl. Me too. Um, I feel like for a comedy as for a comedy element. I was going to say aspect and stopped. I don't know why. For, for, for a family ass. Um, I think they could have run the risk of doing the fallback joke of the child becoming a miniature version of Valentine. Yeah. So I'm glad that they made her a girl because I guess that's also an interesting comedy thing is that he's kind of a womanizer and now he has to care for a girl. Yeah. But they didn't overplay that. They or did not, which in the American they totally would. Yeah. If, if it were American, they totally would have. Um, Eugenio Derbez admitted on TV that this project needed 12 years to be concluded from the original idea. He's 12 years from <laughs> due to the Due to a specific detail of the movie he had in mind. As a result, he had to wait several years to get the money for it. Hmm. Does not tell me what that specific nope. thing was. No, it doesn't. Um, Maybe he really wanted to make it like Boyhood and have that montage <laughs> be real time. Um, Eugenio Derbez, who plays Derbez, who plays Valentine, and Julie's partner Alessandra Rosaldo, Renee, are actually married in real life and have a daughter named Aitana. Huh. Cool. And another, there is a French remake. Two is a family. From 2017, made with Omar Sy. With a black guy. And that is the very sparse trivia section for this movie. And there's also, according to IMDb, a remake in development. There's not a lot of details on it. It's called Untitled Instructions Not Included Remake. Um, it doesn't need a remake. It's it, so recent, it, also. It doesn't. And also, the two people who are credited as working on the screenplay are two very white men in suits. Yes, yes they are. So maybe maybe all of these things somebody that I'm saying about the film mm-hmm. are uh, going to come true. And <laughs> and 
in two three years when when american instructions not included comes out and we review it here on a very special episode of sharing everything we can roll back the tape (laughs) and and see exactly how correct i have been about hollywood making instructions not included a really terrible movie Mm -hmm. although looking at the uh, metacritic score on imdb it's got like a 55 out of 100 oh i didn't notice yeah the the lowest review that i was reading just a second ago was basically like it's not all that funny and it's pretty manipulative oh no it's said joe Layden of variety said instructions not included is a sporadically amusing but unduly protracted comedy that slowly very slowly devolves into a shameless tearjerker during its third act it's the lowest review i disagree katie disagrees uh roger moore of the mcclatchy tribune tribune news service Gave it a 50, saying, The ending of the movie is a real grabber, the sort of thing that lifts and improves a tediously long and otherwise mediocre film and tricks you into thinking it was better than it really was as you leave the theater. Wow. Which is weird, because we didn't talk about the end all that much. We talked about, like, the meat yeah, of the film. Else. The best, there's two, two 70s, and that, those are the highest. Uh, Bill Goody Kuntz of the Arizona Republic said some of the comic bits are a little too broad and silly but derbez in this feature in his feature debut makes instructions not included a balancing act more successful than it should be and uh ann lee ellingson of the los angeles times says there's a lot of movie here with unexpected developments held together by the irresistible chemistry between derbez and his adorable pint-sized co-star so well that's a lukewarm Ness yeah. on on this film from people not us but i mean a lot of people saw it too like mm-hmm. it made a lot of money yeah so which is weird because i didn't feel like it was a lowest common denominator Mm-mm. i don't necessarily think that the movie itself is super smart and Mm-mm. quippy and quirky and new and whatever i just feel like it's a better version of a type of movie i have seen before and don't normally like I guess that uh, leads me to, would you like to give us just your short review? Like, what would you think overall? What would... I, think it, I think it is profoundly charming. And I think that if you want a charming film, you should see it. And I think if you don't know a lot about foreign films or Mexican cinema, this is probably a good place to start. Only because it is a fun movie. Whereas most of the foreign films you as an american will come into contact with are not mm-hmm. especially romance language films all right it's a pretty solid recommendation i'd say um so we actually had a lot to talk about so would you just like to skip our our uh no no you want to do it do it don't, right. don't be lazy all right i'm and, not being Put it on me. Don't put your sloth on me, woman. This dead air is real good for audio listeners. Um, okay, so survey. Um if you were Maggie and your guardian was going to buy you whatever kind of toys you wanted, what would you fill your house with? 
Well, if she was seven yeah. in the film, at seven, my knee-jerk reaction is to say like video games, but I, I I actually watched people play video games a lot more than I than I actually played video games. I really liked as as a young kid. Army Men, Green Army Men, mm-hmm. and the Play School, I think it was Play School, the the castle. Yeah. Do you remember that castle? Mm-hmm. And the pirate ship, and there was a Egypt one with pyramids and a Robin Hood one. Mm. I would have turned, and I actually tried to do this at one point <laughs> with my house as a child, I would have turned the entire house into a campaign where each room is a different country. <laughs> so I have the castle in one room and the pirate ship in like the kitchen because the kitchen floor is water, obviously. And then in another room, there'd be the, the, the tree house and then the pyramid in another room. And there would be the, over time, the pieces would start to travel around. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. I would have tons of those little castle guys and, army men and stuff you are profoundly charming and i love you (laughs) oh i'm like this movie only i'm not mexican um which character do you think would die first in a horror movie um julie's girlfriend or the producer Mm, okay because at some point it's got to be just mom dad and baby Mm together and then dad dies and then mom and daughter get out interesting Mm -hmm. um your final question is uh which character would you least like to be stuck in an elevator with um the forgetful landlord who we didn't talk about at all no we didn't who for some reason could never remember that valentine pays his elevator fee and also there's no such thing as an elevator maintenance fee yeah i think he had some like sort of dementia or something he he did seem forgetful at first i was like is he taking advantage of the mexican guy who he knows doesn't have papers Mm -hmm. but i don't think that that was the case i think he was just like a, a silly old man yeah so, that's a thing. Uh, so, where can people find us? How iTunes. Can... Uh-huh. Noisemakerjoe.com slash sharing everything. Mm-hmm. How do they contact us? Sharing everything show at gmail.com. And what are you planning to show me next week? Another foreign film. Called? We are the best. <gasps> okay. What? I've... No, I have not seen, I have not watched the movie, but I have seen it. What? Like, I've seen it, like... You've seen it? I am aware of its existence, and I would like to watch it, is what I'm saying. Oh, well, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, until then, keep talking, keep loving, and keep sharing. Bye now. <laughs>